Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another edition of the SC Time Sports Report Podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week, especially on this cold, rainy Thursday morning, is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, I don't think we're going to be getting out to any events today. We kind of had a couple things planned, but um, I guess we'll podcast instead, so it kind of all works out. No, yeah, it's it's been raining basically all day, so not the best weather to be playing. You might be able to swim on the baseball diamond, but... Uh, I don't think you're going to be able to field any grounders today. So, um, but no, definitely a, a fun, uh, a, a good week ahead and um, a good few weeks ahead. Cause we're, we already, we were just talking about it, how it's going to be a very busy couple of weeks, but a very, um, a very good couple of weeks as we get ready for sections to come up and then States following after that. So, but we were able to start a little bit with um, sections this week and, the rest of them will come next week, but we'll get more into that as the podcast goes. But yeah, overall, not a bad, not a bad week so far. No, we both got, I got out to tennis by myself on Monday and then we were both out at tech uh, for boys tennis as well yesterday on Wednesday. So um, we're going to start there in a minute where um, kind of talk about what we saw from the team tournament. We also have um, the individual tournament brackets out that you wrote about on the website um, that we can talk a little bit about some of the favorites or people that could kind of go deep and try to make a state run. Um, we'll also talk about, we saw a couple of baseball games last week. You were at lacrosse, um, boys and girls golfer getting ready for their postseasons. We, you got to see them as well. So, um, a lot to get to. Um, but yeah, the, the first thing that kind of kicked off, it's nice that it didn't, everything else starts literally at the exact same time next week. We have basically two full weeks of sections. Um, and then a week of state tournament is going to be the, the first three weeks of June, but tennis was, was kind to us, started a week earlier so we could kind of focus on it and uh, not be completely overwhelmed. And um, I think the best place to start is where we were last night at the team tournament with Tech. Um, they were hosting Monticello in the quarterfinals. They were the two seed in the South. Monticello was the three. Um, and, you know, it was a really close match. I stayed about a set and a half because um, I was just taking pictures. And, you know, it was, I think Tech had maybe won four of four of the first sets. Um, but then a lot of the matches kind of flipped from there. They ended up winning six to one. Um, as you said in your story, kind of a lot more lopsided than it actually was. Um, you know, a couple of doubles matches had to come from a set down, um, singles as well. So, so what'd you kind of see? Um, I know you stayed a little longer than me. What'd you see out of that, um, out of that tech team? A lot of confidence, to be honest. I, I was talking to Michael Plumbon, um, after the match and that's kind of what his, key word was, was confidence. They, they had a lot of confidence coming in. They obviously had to buy heading into this, the section tournament and Monticello had to beat big Lake to get to tech. So had a little bit more of a break. They were able to practice really hard and they felt like they, they had it. They, they felt, even though they didn't play Monticello this year and they didn't really know much about Monticello, they felt like they had the confidence to kind of come in and, and take control and that's exactly how they started right away. I mean, you had Ripley Garden and Max Rude 
um, being able to win that number two doubles right away and get that first point for, for the Tigers. And then Michael Plumbon was facing um, a very, very good number one, um, number one singles player. Um, and with uh, Tyler Ruslong, um, he's actually the number one seed for singles for the South side for individual sections, which we'll get to later. But obviously being the number one seed shows that he's had a good season so far. Um, Michael Plumbon has been progressing throughout the year, but he's still only a sophomore and he's been learning his way through the system. And he was, he looked pretty much in control all, all, all game and won the first set six, four, won the second set six, three was able to sweep and get that second point for the Tigers, which was huge um, just as a momentum boost. And then Ben Nelson and Andrew Plumbon, they were able to get the third point for the Tigers in number one doubles, they lost their first set and then they came back in one, six, nothing. I think they were a little mad about the fact that they lost the first set. Um, and then they were able to win the, the third set six, two. So was able to get that third point. And then Emilio Estevez just rounded it off with the fourth point and, and got that crucial fourth point victory in number three doubles was able to win six, three, and then came back from a deficit to make it six, five in favor of Emilio and then won that last game to make it seven to five and win the set. So um, was able to get four points right off the get go. And I think it was due to that confidence that they had. And, you know, we were, they were able to get a couple more wins with Gavin Fenstead at number two singles and then Jonah Atkinson and Ben Einick um, over at number three doubles. But uh, yeah, just a really good outing for them. Like we were kind of talking about, says six, one, but to be honest, it was a lot closer than that. Um, if you look at it, there was four matches out of the seven that went to a third set. So that just kind of shows you how close this, this match was, even though it was a six to one game. Yeah. And you know, three of those wins too came back after losing the first set too. Um, especially in high school, it seems like usually if you lose that first set, a lot of the times they kind of do end up being two set games. It's hard to it's hard to come back from that sometimes, but it just kind of shows that they, they stayed composed, like you said, stayed confident, um, and they're able to get those wins. And yeah, I'm, I know, especially in that number one doubles match, there were a lot of rallies that went, you know, 10, 20 hits um, that I was watching for stretches there. And yeah, to show them respond six, nothing, six, two in the last two sets. Um, you probably were a little mad that they lost that first one, like you said, but yeah, tech advances on um, who are they going to be playing in the next round, Brian? They'll be playing Alexandria, who they are familiar with. They beat them six to one earlier in the season, in the regular season. Similar type of thing, six to one. It was a lot closer of a match than six to one. And I think Tech is excited to play them again and possibly get a, a spot in that section finals meet, uh, match. On the other half of the bracket, you're going to have um, Becker and Mamiji, who are the other number one and two seeds. So basically, the top four teams made it into the semifinals, which um, sometimes works out, but sometimes doesn't. So, um, definitely going to be a couple good matches as we get ready for Wednesday. Sounds like Wednesday is the day that all of this is going to be going down. Um, tech and Alexandria, they'll be playing at noon along with Becker and Mamiji playing at noon. The locations for those two matches are still unknown. Um, I'm guessing that they'll probably be around the tech area because it looks like tech is going to host the finals at 4 p.m. on Wednesday. So they do need to be around that area, I'm guessing, to you know travel and such. So not sure what that means. Um, once we kind of learn more information, I'll make sure to 
post it on the sctimes.com. But um, from right now, it sounds like it's kind of up in the air on where. But um, Tech will be the away team um, against Alexandria because Alexandria is the number one seed. Yeah, and Alexandria won conference, you know, barely dropped a match all year. But um, to be coming up against Tech, a team that did, did beat them 6-1, to one, I think will be um, a really interesting matchup there in the semifinals. See who can um, come out on top there. And also um, the other local team that was in action yesterday was Apollo Soccer Rapids. They lost to Becker 7 to nothing, And that was a fun one to watch too because, you know, they, um, they just beat Wilmer the previous week, the last match of the regular season, 4-3. to three. Um, they'd won all four singles matches in that one to win. Um, and then they, they backed it up right away with um, beating them four to two in sections. And that was after, you know, about 10 years of not, not winning a, a Central Lakes Conference match. So to, to back it up again right after getting that monkey off their back was big. Um, and this one, too, they had to default at four singles because uh, they were short on guys. But um, they were able to win those first three singles matches. Um, and they won them all in straight sets to 6-3-6-love, uh, 6-1-6-love, six, 6-2-6-love. Six, 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 so um, they took care of business, too. Number one doubles was the big one that they had to win because um, because they had to default that um, – that point they're going to have to win four of the five matches to win outright. Um, and they were able to get that win from Braden Lieb and Cole Sawada. They played a really strong match uh, to win six, two, six, three. And they'd actually lost to um, that Wilmer duo. They'd lost to them the, the previous week of one of those points that they lost. So um, for them to get revenge on that was pretty cool um, and guaranteed that win. And it was, it was really interesting because they only, it was going to add up to six. So if Wilmer would have won that one, it would have been three, three and the match officials and such are calling higher up officials to figure out how the tiebreaker systems work. Um, eventually I think they, they would have settled on it being um, like number of sets one, if that wasn't what it was, number of games one, if that was still tied, I think it was literally going to be a coin flip to figure out who won the match. That was the point it was down to. Um, so luckily they avoided that and they were able to, to get a much needed win their second win of the year. Um, and they'll have a couple of guys playing in individual sections too, but their run um, as a team is done at least for this season. Yeah, definitely. And the other two, the other two teams that were in action on Monday was um, Cathedral and Sartell. They both lost. Um, but like you said, individual, they, they will be having individual this weekend. Um, sounds like for uh, section eight double a, which is basically all of the local teams besides Cathedral. Um, so Tech, Sartell, Apollo, and Sock Rapids, they will be competing on Friday and Saturday. They kind of broke it into subsections. So you have the North, which has Sartell as, as well as, you know, five other teams. And then the South, which is Tech, and then the co-op with Apollo and Sock Rapids, along with four other teams. And so Friday will be the North section. They will be playing at Alexandria starting at 4 p.m., and then on Saturday will be the South section, which will start at 9 a.m. at Becker. So um, they'll be playing quite a few matches, sounds like. Um, the top four individuals in both the North and the South for singles as well as doubles will reach the, I guess you would call it the finals or the, the championship rounds, I guess, um, to determine who will be going to state and that will be taking place next week on Thursday, June 3rd, June 3rd um, at Tech. I believe it starts at like four or something like that. I don't don't quote me on the time. But um, yeah, so there'll be a handful of different people that'll be competing there um, on the 
on the double A side for section eight double A. Um, on the north side, Aiden Woods and Bailey Woods will be competing in doubles as well as um, Clayton Fuller and Grant Clark. They will be playing um, in the north side as well. Both of them kind of have some tough matchups. Um, if they do win, they'll be playing the number one and number two seeds for the north, which is not ideal. Uh, but I guess you got to get through them to get to the finals. So might as well get them done right away. Um, and then for the south side, you have Ben Nelson and Gavin Fenstead, who I believe have the number five seed um, for the south side. And then Tieran Atterbury and Zach Stang for Apollo Sock Rapids. They will be a doubles pairing for, um, for the Storm and Eagles. And then Andrew Plumbon and Michael Plumbon, both brothers for Tech, they will be the number two seed for the South. And it sounds like they this has been a two-year wait for Andrew and Michael. They haven't been able to play together as a doubles pairing, and so they're going to do it for the first time since Andrew is a senior this year. They thought it'd be kind of fun to end his career with, uh, with a fun little doubles pairing. And they're also going to be competitive there too, so – yeah, definitely. I mean, they are, um, like you said, they are the, they have a high seed there as well, which will be key. Um, and yeah, Ben and Gavin, they're also the four seeds, so, you know, two really strong doubles pairings that could um, advance quite a ways there. And Emilio Estevez, he's the number three seed um, in singles too. So yeah, a lot of those same guys that we're talking about um, on the team side are, are the same guys that could make some noise for individuals too, especially tech seems to have kind of the best outlook with, with those initial seeds. Yeah. And, the or the six six A section um, individual tournament hasn't been hasn't come out yet on tennis reporting. Um, I'm trying to kind of figure out when that will be coming out, but there should be a story coming out here this week once I do find out what the what the matchups are like. But it sounds like from their head coach Lee, sounds like Chandler Hendricks and Matt Goman they will be doing individuals, and then the doubles pairings will be Grant Martin and Jonah Prom as well as Jake um, Mayner and Elliot Anderson, who those two, those two will be the doubles pairing. So um, they will be playing in new London Spicer. So we will not be at that one because that's a little further away for us, but um, we'll be definitely following up on how they do and such that starts on Tuesday, June 1st. Definitely. So, yeah, so continue to follow on sctimes.com. There's a lot of that tennis stuff going on, especially, um, you know, we'll keep you updated throughout the weekend too. And into next week when we get a little more clearer picture um, of those brackets and, you know, when those section championships are going to be taking place. Um, but also before um, in this kind of first section of the podcast, we also wanted to talk about baseball because we did get to see quite a few baseball games kind of at the end of the last week. Um, haven't got to this week, but um, there's, there were some pretty good ones that we thought we should probably bring up. Um, Brian, what was kind of the favorite one you were at last week? Honestly, my favorite one was uh, Friday night with Cathedral Baseball. I hadn't seen them since they played Little Falls in the very, very first game of the season. So it's been a little while since I saw them and a lot of fun to go go watch them play again. And the amount of improvement you could see from the first game to pretty much one of the last games of the season was incredible. Um but my favorite moment came from Roman Voss. Uh, he he was he, he hadn't hit a home run in his high school career, and his first home run came that Friday night, and it was a grand slam. Um, went over the basically 
wrapped around the foul, the left field foul pole. Um, he didn't think he hit a home run. He was kind of, he was running really hard to first base because he thought it was more of like a double or something like that. And um, once he, once he got to first base, his, his first base coach was like, Hey dude, you can, uh, you can jog now. You're good. You know? Um, so that was kind of fun. And the entire bench went wild and it was kind of fun to get a few pictures of the, you know, the bench being able to scream at him and such. Um, but then also Talon, um, Talon, their, their starting pitcher, he, um, Briggleman, he was able to get a really nice outing, um, kind of get a little bit of a confidence boost as you head into the section tournament time. But that was a definitely a fun one to watch. Um, for sure. They, they were able to get a nice victory over, um, over peers on Friday night. And also it's kind of fun to be over at J- Joe Faber field. Um, that's always a nice facility to be a part of. So, um, yeah, but what about you? I know you went out to Sartell and Ricori and was able to see a little bit of an upset, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Ricori was able to win five to three in that one, put all five up, um, right away in the first inning. They almost could have had eight runs in that first inning too. They just kind of came out with, with confidence, swinging the bats. Um, I know even before kind of some of their coaches were just telling them like, play this, like a section game, play it like it's your last game, just have fun. Um, and I think they said that's something earlier in the year, especially because it was, you know, kind of a big class of seniors and not many had played varsity. They're kind of trying to do too much early on in the season when they were kind of below 500 and struggling to find who they were. But um, in this one, they kind of seemed to know who they were and they got a lot of hits right away. Um, and the big story to me was um, Nick Howen on the mound. It was his first ever start. So you're starting first ever against number three Sartell on their home field, um, kind of near the end of the regular season. And he'd had some relief outings and been pretty good, but um never kind of got the ball from the start, but he pitched all seven. He gave nine hits, but he only walked one and he only struck out one, which is kind of a crazy stat line to me. Um, you don't see that much, but basically he just said time and again, you know, he, I'm in there to throw strikes. I threw strikes. I think when I did the math, it was at least like two thirds of his pitches were strikes in that one. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was, it was a really cool, cool outing for him and to, um, you know, kind of get that recognition. He only gave up two earned runs. Um, there's a couple couple errors in the outfield that almost got Sartell back in it. In the ninth, they did have the tying run at the plate, um, but he ended up getting a ground out to end the game. And Ricori just went nuts because that's a big win for them. I mean, that is, um, I think they're still kind of, they might seed around fourth in the section. Still, we'll see if they get that third seed or not. And Sartell will probably be the one seed. So um, there's a really good chance we're going to see those two play again, probably at the same exact park too, I would guess, you know, um, over there at the orthopedics field in Sartell. So um, yeah, it was, it was cool. That was the first time, I think that was the first baseball game I'd actually seen. Cause you've been, you and Dave have been kind of taking the charge on that. This was the first one I was at by myself, but I got treated to treated to a really good game for sure. Yeah, no. And, and then Ricori followed right afterwards with a double header win against tech on Saturday, which I went to the first game. They won 15 to six and Cam Miller was phenomenal. He went four for four with four RBIs, two runs. Um, Connor Clark also had, two for four with two RBIs um, and just a really good game for Ricori. After talking to their head coach, Jeff Isles, he even said their new word for their team is fearless. They just want to be fearless all season long. And honestly, that's kind of their, that's been their mantra throughout the last couple of weeks. It seems like with the win against Sartell and then, you know, being able to back it up with two big wins against tech. Um, they did lose last night against, Rogers and they also lost a close game against New Alm 13 to 12 on Monday. So 
not the best way to finish out your season, but also they've been able to see quite a bit of production with runs and also with pitching just to be able to know that they're in the right place as they head into section tournament. Definitely. Yeah. So they're definitely someone to keep an eye on. Um, I know Albany lost once, once again to Foley. It was only three to one this time. Um, and that's another one to keep an eye on. That could very well be a section title game too, that you got to see those two play earlier in the year too. So um, Cathedral with a couple, couple wins too, as you said, they also beat Annandale 18 to seven um, on Tuesday in the last nine to eight to Mora. So they're, the runs are not a problem for them as well right now. Um, so that's, there's a lot of teams to keep an eye on as we go into the section tournament. So we're going to be finding out, I think it's what, is it Friday or Saturday when we're going to get the seeds for baseball? Um, it's kind of both days, I would say. Um, so section six, double a, which is cathedral and Albany, they will be releasing their brackets on Friday afternoon. And then section eight, triple a, which is Sartell and Ricori. They will be releasing theirs on Saturday morning. And then five AAA, which is Tech, Apollo, and Sock Rapids, they'll be releasing theirs Saturday afternoon. So over the course of the next couple of days, we'll finally figure out where everybody is landing and we can rest peacefully over Memorial Weekend, um, both Zach and I. So definitely. Yeah. And that's going to be the big thing is that kind of coming back, especially with podcast next time, we're going to be trying to break down all those brackets. And Brian's going to have some stories too. Um, while he's working over the weekend of just kind of letting you know where all the teams settled. So uh, make sure to keep an eye on that because there's um, a lot coming out at a lot of different times. We're going to try to group it together the best we can, but that's great. That I think we'll wrap up the first part of the show. So um, when we come back on the other side, we're going to hit a couple other spring sports um, that we got to see the last week. So um, tune in after the break. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Like I said, we're going to hit a couple more of the spring sports here that are wrapping up basically all their last um, weeks of regular season or already done with their regular season in some cases. Um, I know you got to see last week, you did a feature on Joe Torberg uh, with St. Cloud, boys lacrosse, who had been you know leading the, leading the state basically in scoring. They just had an insane string of um, games. And, and you know the one you were at, of course, when you do a story like that, he – you know, the scoring production went down a little bit in that game in a loss to Becker. But it seemed like, um, you know, a pretty, pretty important game for them, too, especially for section seating. Yeah, they, they were playing Becker and coming in, Becker and St. Cloud were pretty much neck and neck as they went into section tournament time. And so basically the, the winner of that game was probably going to get a little bit more of a bump, I would say. And uh, unfortunately, St. Cloud lost 10 to 6 against Becker and Becker was just able to, they got on the board right away. And then after that, St. Cloud kept kind of climbing back. It kept on like, you know, getting some nice shots and then Becker would come back and get another goal. And it just kept becoming like a two goal, three goal lead for Becker the entire game and until the final horn. So a little bit of a disappointing loss for sure. Um, I know St. Cloud is supposed to be playing Moorhead tonight, 
which is a big game for them because Moorhead is in their section as well and probably a needed win for sure as they get ready for sections. Um, but they haven't played Moorhead since the beginning of the season, which they lost to Moorhead at the very beginning of the season. So definitely a good, a good outing for them. But yeah, as for Joe Torberg, the, the, the story was kind of fun, to be honest. I, I didn't know that he was from Maryland. So we started off our conversation. He's like, yeah, I moved in. I moved to Minnesota from Maryland. And I was like, that took a detour than I was expecting. So I was not expecting that type, that type of thing, that type of thing to come out right away. So that was kind of the, the moral of the story was, you know, from Maryland to Minnesota, you know, Joe, Joe Torberg has been loving lacrosse ever since he was able to pick up a stick. Um, I think his third grade year, he, he was able to get a, get a stick and was able to kind of learn quite a bit in the Maryland area. Cause how he kind of described it was hockey is a big deal in Minnesota. Lacrosse is a big deal in Maryland. So everybody plays lacrosse out in the East coast. And so he learned quite a bit from an early age. And when he came to Minnesota, he came to Minnesota, I think his, it was a sixth grade year, but he played seventh and eighth grade in Shakopee. And when he went there, he, they were learning things that he learned when he was in fourth grade. So he kind of was a little bit, he had to adapt quite a bit to the change in scenery and such, but then he went to true state, which is a club lacrosse team in the cities. And that kind of sparked his interest a little bit more because he played national tournaments and he was doing really well there. And his IQ kind of rose quite a bit as he learned more from that team, because it was kind of at his level as a, as an eighth grader. And then, then he moved to St. Cloud. And what I learned later was that his dad actually grew up in St. Cloud, graduated from St. Cloud Cathedral, and he's at Cathedral now too. So, and now he lives in the house that his dad grew up in um, when he was a child. So kind of just full circle, I guess, just kind of, kind of interesting in that sense. But yeah, the main part is, is Joe Torberg, Torberg has been phenomenal, both at assisting and at goal scoring. He's had... Going into the Becker game, he had 33 goals and 33 assists. And I think afterwards now he has 35 goals and 33 assists. So it's very rare that you find a person that can both score and assist. And being a sophomore, Joe's, I mean, sky's the limit for him. And he's looking at some D1 schools that he wants to go play at. And honestly, talking to Matt Kyle, the the head coach for St. Cloud, he said he's going to do everything he can to get him to get him the opportunity. And he feels like he could have that opportunity because he's so good at what he does. So be interesting to see how these next couple of years go while he's at St. Cloud. And, um, but he, he definitely is, is a very good player and has a very large lacrosse IQ um, for being so young as a, as a sophomore. Yep. I know that just kind of shows that, you know, this next generation, hopefully as long as, lacrosse continues to grow when you do like he has you know been playing since he was that early age and it actually is you know a big emphasis and taken really seriously um you know out east it has been a lot longer than it has here in the midwest i think that'll that'll really pay dividends for the sport and kind of the talent you'll see and you will start to see more people go and play it you know at higher levels in college just like any sport that's how it works it's just a lot newer than the rest that we cover so it's been cool to see their success also just their attacking success kind of across the board um, they're hoping to host a home playoff game. There's a good chance, at least uh, kind of the playing round they would at this point. We'll see how the seedings all kind of shake out over the weekend um, where they're going to be. But that's definitely a team to keep an eye on um, next week as, as section playoffs start up. 
Absolutely. No, they definitely a fun team to watch and they have a lot of young talent that will be coming back next year as well. So um, the future is looking bright for St. Cloud lacrosse. That's for sure. Definitely. And then another sport um, we're going to get to golf here in a minute. I was going to just going to hit on track here quick. Um, we did, we've had a couple meets. Um, the big thing that's going to be coming is next week on Thursday at Sock Rapids, every Central Lakes conference team is going to be competing at the same time, which is insane because they've been doing dual meets, tri meets, quad meets. We thought the the conference meet was going to be split in five. No, it's going to be all 10 teams um, at one place. It's just going to be awesome to see. So I'm sure we're going to be out there next week for that um, on the Granite Ridge Conference, which has Albany Cathedral. They had their conference meet on Tuesday. Um, and, you know, they had some pretty good results, that, you know, no team titles or anything for the boys or girls. But um, the big ones that stood out were Olivia Gable um, in the mile and Christine Kaltoff in the two mile both set um, conference meet records uh, by about a second each. I mean, it wasn't even their, either of their best times of the season either um, setting those records. So they continue to really impress, be a threat for state. Um, they're both on a four by eight team too, that, um, was just a little, I think they're only a second or two off of the, the meet record and they came in first place in that too. So, um, they are having quite a bit of team success, especially in the longer distances this year. Um, a, a couple people to especially watch as we get into sections next week, uh, section prelims for the section that cathedral and Albany are both in, that's going to start on Tuesday already. Um, at Albany, actually, they're going to be hosting that. Um, and then the following week when that section is having their, uh, their section finals, um, some of the bigger schools like, you know, Tech Apollo or Corey, those schools are going to be having uh, their section prelims at Sartell. So um, a lot of big meets coming up with a lot of teams, which is something we haven't got this year. So um, those are a couple to keep an eye on and also um, keep an eye out for next Thursday. That's going to be a meet where we're going to finally get to see all those teams compete against each other at one time and give us a really good glimpse of what might happen in the postseason. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. I, I haven't been to a track meet this this year because similar to me with baseball, you've been kind of taking care of the track stuff and been doing a great job with it. So um, I'm excited to get out there and, and be able to watch a little bit of some track and field and um, interested to see how everybody kind of competes and some new fresh eyes as, as, as I, as I'm able to kind of look more at, for me, I like, I like the field events personally. I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. I like the track events, especially if they run really fast, but something about throwing a shot put all the way across the field or throwing a discus all the way out, out there, um, kind of intrigues me. So, um, but yeah, no, it'll be a lot of fun to, to see how everybody does and they'll kind of give us a little bit of a glimpse of what to expect when that state tournament certainly comes across here in the next three weeks or so kind of insane to say that, that three weeks from now we're going to be having state state track and field. That's just crazy, but guess it's coming. <laughs> it is coming. It's going to be at St. Michael this year too, from what the schedule looks like, it's going to be on that Thursday. Um, I think that'd be June 17th. I believe they're going to be doing the two mile races for all divisions, all genders. And then Friday is going to be class A boys and girls split up morning and evening. And then that Saturday is going to be class two A boys and girls split up morning and evening. So um, a little bit of a different look than kind of the traditional, you know, running it at Hamlin, everyone going. Um, but it's going to be different, but it should be fun to see too. So, uh, better that's parking a, too. So that's always, yeah, good. a lot easier parking. So <laughs> that's the big <laughs> thing. But, um, so that's something to keep an eye on. Another thing you've got to see, um, Albany Cathedral playing girls golf. Um, they're quickly approaching sections. They already had their conference meet last week where Albany was conference champ, but they had, um, it seemed like kind of a pre section meet with all the, 
a ton of different teams playing there. Um, and you got to see them for the first time this year too. Yeah, no, the, the, the big one was between Albany and Pequot Lakes. Those two are going to be kind of fighting it out for that team title for sections this upcoming year. And um, also Piers and Cathedral were right behind as well. Albany was able to win with a 379 while Pequot Lakes was at 380, but Piers was at 383 and Cathedral was at 392. So kind of all stuck in the middle or stuck right at the top a little bit. So kind of fun to see. It was, it was, an, it was a beautiful day. Um, I think it was like 85 and gorgeous, got a nice little suntan, um, maybe a little bit of a burn, which was fine. I'm fine with that. Um, but Albany just looked uh, pretty good. They, they had a little bit of an off day, according to their head coach, Mike Sieben. Um, Brooke Lemke led the group with a 91. Typically she's kind of in that low eight or that high eighties, low nineties. And it seemed like kind of, when someone didn't do well, the whole team kind of bounces back and they're able to kind of help that individual. So shows the amount of depth that's on this team and, and what they're capable of doing for sure, because they have, they have the talent to be able to do it. And same with Cathedral. Cathedral had a really good round. Olivia Best, Bestie, he, she was able to finish with an 87, which is her best of the season so far. And they were able to, you know, finish off a, a strong way of finishing off the regular season before sections. These two will be playing next Friday at Blackberry Ridge in Sartell. And their first round will be on Friday. Second round will be on Monday. And I think it's the top team makes it to state. And then the top five individuals after that, um, that aren't on the team, they make it to um, state as well. So. Yeah. And, you know, with talking about the girls also on the guys side, um, cathedral had a good meet. They had the guys side had their granite Ridge conference meet two day total. Um, cathedral won by 13 strokes in that one over more in Albany was in third. Um, and for the individuals, Leo Worshay had a 79 Colin has an 80 have been the two that have, um, kind of been the top of top of the board for them, especially the last couple of weeks. So they're doing the same. They're going to be playing that Friday and Monday. Um, I think just alternating morning, afternoon for, um, boys and girls and, they also have really high, high hopes, like I said last week, about, you know, getting to state as a team and, and getting back there after a lot of success the last two decades. So, um, you know, a lot of teams out of the Granite Ridge there that could really be, you know, especially going as teams, not even just the individuals, but really trying to look to bring that whole team to state. Yeah, and if you haven't been able to check it out, I was able to do a couple of breakdowns for boys and girls golf over the last couple of days on sctimes.com. So make sure to check that out because that'll help kind of, resolve any questions that you have heading into the week. But um, besides the Granite Ridge, the Central Lakes, they will also be having, I forgot that Ricori will be in the same section as uh, Albany and Cathedral. So those all Ricori will be over there as well, but Sartell, Tacapalo and Sock Rapids, they will be competing in their own section on Tuesday and Wednesday, this upcoming week at um, it depends on where you're at. So the boys I think are at, um, Rich Spring and the girls are over in Park Rapids at Headwaters. So um, some really good competition there as well. So be fun to see what, what happens there as well. Definitely. Yeah. So I think that about wraps up the second part of the podcast. We're going to take one last quick break. We come out on the other side, just a couple section notes, college things, um, just a couple quick hitters that we're going to get before we finish up the podcast today. So thanks for tuning in so far and we'll be right back.
welcome back to the end of the show today. A couple news and notes to hit. Uh, Brian, I think you first want to just talk about, we talked about baseball sections. There's a couple more softball in both boys and girls lacrosse coming out. When can people expect to see those this weekend? Yeah. So for softball, similar to baseball, there are three different sections that our teams are in section six, double a, which is cathedral and Albany. They will be having their stuff out Friday in the late morning or early afternoon. Um, for section five, triple a with softball, which is, I believe it's Ricori and then tech and Apollo. They will be at out. They will be out on Saturday before noon. And then for, um, sections eight, triple a softball, which is Sartell and sock rapids. They will be out on Saturday sometime. Not sure what time on that day. Um, and then as for lacrosse, boys lacrosse for Section 8, 8A, which is all three of the schools that we cover, they will be out Friday early morning, as well as the girls lacrosse 8A as well. Yeah, so keep an eye out for that. We're going to be kind of, I assume it'll kind of be more um, a day-by-day basis, not a sport-by-sport basis for, for releasing those. So um, something to keep an eye on definitely. And I know Saturday – um, I was off work, but you were covering the Apple Duathlon too here in Sartell. I knew it was happening because uh, Pine Cone was closed and there was a bunch of big, bright orange signs saying that people were going to be running and competing. Um, I know this must have been the first time that you've actually got to, to witness it since you moved here. Um, what was it like covering that on Saturday? Yeah, it was fun. I, 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 don't, I don't really know what else to say. It was, it was really exciting. Um, I know for a fact I couldn't do what they did. They did a... 5k run then they did a 33k bike ride and then they did another 5k run and it kind of starts the 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 summer season in in a sense the apple duathlon is always kind of the start of the summer i guess and um obviously last year with covid being able or shutting down most of the races this was kind of a, a fun one because this was the first time in probably two years that they've been able to race so there was some, there were some, um, elite runners that kind of did, did the Apple duathlon one that was from Sartell as well, who had a son that was in, that did kind of the shorter course. And that was kind of fun to just see. Cause they father, son, obviously is kind of a fun little duo. And yeah, I mean, Dave and I had a great time, was able to kind of watch them come in. There was one guy in particular that had a football and he was like running into the, um, to the finish line and he saw Dave and was able to like, and he like slammed the ball down and like did his little, um, Heisman trophy, uh, pose or whatever. And so I think people were really enjoying the fact that they were able to get out and exercise again and be a part of these different races. There's plenty of more that are going to be coming with Carmel, Carmel Road ride, the Granite man triathlons that are going to be happening throughout the next couple of months. So there's plenty of stuff that's going to be happening over the course of the next couple of weeks or the next couple of months. So it should be interesting to see what happens as we get ready for the summertime. Definitely. Yeah. And a couple other things I wanted to mention before we wrap up is that um, for adapted softball, St. Cloud, they finished their year six and one. Um, their coach, Mike Bakken told me they're not going to be having any postseason or state tournaments or anything. Um, so that is going to be the end of the year, but they ended up winning their division um, and, beating the team that came in second place in their final game by a score of um, 12 to 11. They beat North Suburban um, on May 18th. So um, it would have been nice to see them get a chance for a postseason because a very good chance for, you know, another state title to add to their 
already impressive resume, but um, either way, we're able to get in, um, you know, seven games this year and still get to enjoy that. So um, that was cool to see a little bit disappointing. They didn't get that postseason, but next year I should be back to normal for everyone, which will be, which will be a really fun um, high school season. And then um, on the college side, um, other than track and field, which there's going to be a lot of te- there's going to be a couple of people from St. Cloud State, St. Ben's, then a lot from St. John's all competing at um, the national level, D2 and D3, I think probably Tuesday when I get back, I'll write something up about um, kind of where everyone, where everyone plays, they're all going to be competing between Friday or between um, yeah, Friday and Saturday. So that's going on. The other thing is that St. Cloud Technical and Community College, they made their, they're making their fourth appearance um, in the Junior College National World Series um, for Division Three. There's three divisions um, for the NJCAA, and um, they're going to be playing um, on Saturday. It's going to be their first game. They just took a 17-hour bus ride to Tennessee. Um, I think it was yesterday, I believe, they left. I got to talk to them on Tuesday. Um, and basically, yeah, just a straight shot down there. So um, A lot of team bonding there. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and funny enough, that's kind of the thing. They just, even from I got to watch them play on Friday against Century College, they just have really great chemistry. They're hyped up after every single hit, every single play, every half inning. Um, and that seems to have kind of carried them. They're, they're an older team, more experienced team, but none have played in the World Series before. I think the last time they went um, was 2018. And since it's only a two-year school, um, no one was on that team. So um, they finished fourth and fifth, I think, all three times they've gone. So we'll see if they can kind of get over that hump and um, maybe get their first World Series title. So that's something they're going to be playing from Saturday through, I think the final wouldn't be till Wednesday or Thursday um, if they do make it that far. So um, another thing to, to look out for and keep updated as we go through next week. Absolutely. No, it's always fun to see how everybody's doing when the postseason comes. That's kind of, this is kind of our bread and butter. You, you, if you see us over the next few weeks, it might be encouraging if you get us like, you know, a Starbucks or a caribou pump our energy up, maybe a pop, whatever, you know, um, but, or food, we do like food too. Um, but I'm just saying, you know, these next couple of weeks will be a long couple of weeks, but it'll also be a lot of fun. We're, we're looking forward to seeing how everybody places and seeing how they, how they do, but you can, like we said before, you can check us out at sctimes.com. You can check out Zach at, at, at SC times, Zach, me at, at Brian Mosey. We are on social media for Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and we also have a great website that has plenty of content to show. So um, make sure to keep your eyes peeled there. We're, we're going to be doing a few different things for section tournaments next week. Um, especially with all of the section tournaments that are happening. We have a different kind of system that we're going to be doing for results. So should be kind of a more easier way for everybody to read it and understand it and be able to know what's happening in the, in the local area. So, yeah, that's all. Yeah. I I don't have much else to add either. I'm just excited for it all to kick off. It'll be rewarding three weeks and, you know, basically a, a section tournament state tournament season that from what it looks like is going to have close to no restrictions really on much of anything, which is just a really nice thing to have after the last, last year and a half. So um, I guess, enjoy it. We'll take advantage of it. I know I think we'll appreciate it even more than more than past year. So yeah, continue to keep an eye out for it all um, and follow us along at SC times, like Brian said, but I think that'll about wrap up the show for today. So once again, thank you for tuning in to the SC times sports Report podcast, and we will see you again next time.